Welcome back to another edition. Back again. Doing really good this week. Hopefully I can keep it going. Um, last night was Tuesday, December 20th. That's what we're going to be covering today. No football. World Cup's over. So going to have to shift gears a bit. I said on a couple previous episodes, I started to cover things like the NHL and college basketball, which I'm going to do uh, today. I won't talk about the NHL much since I haven't really gotten fully into that yet. So going to talk about Big East basketball because that's the kind of college basketball that I watch. And to me, it's kind of one of the more entertaining conferences in the country because it's always pretty balanced throughout other than like other conferences like uh, Big 12, ACC, I feel like has a lot more class divisions within it for lack of a better term. They just, it's pretty clear who's going to win each night, but in the Big East, it's kind of a, they, they cannibalize each other and it's, it's every team can beat every team minus Georgetown the past couple of years and, and DePaul historically, but the rest of the conference is pretty even throughout. And it looks like we're going to be in that for that, for another year of that this year. Um, so yeah, just going to cover a couple of the games last night and just kind of how my outlook lo- is for the rest of the year in the Big East. If you're not a Big East fan, you might want to skip today's episode because it's all just going to be about the Big East and it's going to be probably pretty short because it's, it's early on in the season. We're through the first week of conference play. Some teams have played two games. Some played one. Some have played one, and Villanova is the only team that has not played a game yet. They play tonight against St. John's. Uh, I'll start out with that game because that's actually pretty interesting. St. John's St. John's is having a, a great start to the season. They're eleven and one. Their only loss coming to twenty third ranked Iowa State. They have some good wins on the year as well. They've beat Syracuse, um, Florida State, and some other big name teams. And their one conference win thus far is over DePaul, which is not saying much, but uh, it's a win. So St. John's looking great. Villanova, they lost Jay Wright over the offseason, so they no longer have him as their head coach. And it's pretty noticeable so far. They're 6-5 and five on the year. Not that they've lost like that terrible of games. I mean... A loss to Temple in the second second game of the season, not great. Lost by four to them. Uh, but then they lost to Michigan State, Iowa State, who later became ranked. Portland is not a great loss, and Oregon. So they, they've been struggling with the with the teams in the Pacific Northwest a bit. And then since then, they've gone on a four-game winning streak. Not against anyone too formidable. Oklahoma, Penn, Boston College, St. Joe's. But, hey, they're headed in the right direction. Tonight's spread is minus five to Villanova at Villanova. It's a tough one because it's it, like I said, it's the it's Villanova's first conference game, so it's kind of tough to to feel how they'll come out. But I feel that this is a I think St. John's will cover this. They're plus five. They're playing better basketball. They've won eleven games, only dropped one, and I just think that five points is a lot for a, for a Villanova team that hasn't really beaten any not a single impressive opponent at all this year. They are on a four game tear, but um. Like I said, it's it's well. the The only thing that's swaying me in the other direction, I think maybe Villanova can win. They'll win this game, but five points seems like a lot to me. And it's kind of a must win for Villanova because if they drop this one to St. John's, they have number two ranked in the country, UConn, coming up next, which you got to think is a loss at UConn. And then they have more twenty four ranked Marquette at home. So the road ahead is not easy. So you think that they would really, really want to get this game uh, as a W. But I don't think they cover the five points. So I'll take St. John's uh, plus five in this one. And let's just take let's take a look at St. John's's uh, schedule as well. 
Yeah, I mean, no, no crazy wins. Like I said, they beat Florida State, which is like uh, I don't even. That's not much. Not saying much. Beat Syracuse, so they're they're beating the the ACC, um, and their one loss is to Iowa State in the Big Twelve, ranked twenty third at the time. So yeah, St. John's as of right now, bracketology has them has them firmly in in the field, and that can only be helped with a win over Villanova tonight. We're really gonna find a lot out a lot, I think, about these two teams. And that's why I'm so interested to watch these these first couple games in the Big East is because you really get an idea of who's going to be able to do what. And it seems so far like it's going to be one of those classic seasons in the Big East where anyone from the bottom can beat the top. I'll start. I'll, I'll, that's a good segue into last night's games. The first being uh, Georgetown versus UConn. Georgetown, honestly, well, they weren't in control, but they were competing, and they I think they got out to as large of an as large as a nine point lead um, in the first and early in the second half. And then UConn at that point, they subbed on. I got a, oh, Joey Calcaterra. I mean, this guy, he was electric. He had like nine straight points in the whole game. Like no one else scored besides him, not Georgetown or any other player on UConn. Had a disgusting behind the back assist. And I don't know if they were playing at the XL Center or Gamble Pavilion, but the place just, it popped off once, once he got going and once they took a lead. They went on a, something like a 9-0 run. Tied the game, then took the lead on one of his uh, one of his shots, and he really was a spark plug for UConn. They ended up winning the game by eleven, and you might look at that and think, "Oh, well, UConn probably just dominated throughout." But it's really not how it went down. It wasn't until ten minutes left in the second half that UConn really started to kind of pull away. And once the energy in the crowd came, and UConn started to really work their offense, it was very clear that Georgetown was not going to be able to come back. Georgetown, they didn't look. Gr- I mean, they 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 looked okay. It, it's it's encouraging signs based on what you saw last year and the year before, especially when they went down there to like winless, winless conference um, record, which was really just a tough thing to, to watch. Like they look like they have some good, some good talent, uh, a cook, a cook, the Yukon former Yukon player transferred to Georgetown and, and he looked all right. And also what a name, Primo Spears, Primo Spears, Primo Spears. That's a, a, a player on Georgetown. He had a really good night. Seems like a bit of a ball hog. Kind of just took a lot of shots when he, he was trying to force them back into the game. Once they started to go down, it really wasn't working. So Georgetown looking up, but still 0-2 in the conference and probably will be near the bottom all year. But better better than... They'll, they'll, I think that my prediction is that they'll get a win this year. Um, next game was Providence versus Marquette. This was, a, this was a really exciting game to watch. Providence, it was back and forth game. And then uh, Marquette in the second half pulled out to a nine-point lead. Really didn't look good for Providence, but they they battled back really well. Uh, Marquette just kind of folded in the last five minutes. They they I think they were comfortable with their lead. They stopped attacking and let Providence get out to an eight-point lead. But as Providence does, they blew an eight-point lead with like a minute and a half left, turned the ball over two times on trap plays, gave up an and one, um, it was 88 to 80 with a minute and I think 20 seconds left. And we managed to, I say we, because I, I'm a, I'm a Providence alum. We managed to blow that lead and for, uh, they forced overtime 88, 88, <clears throat> which is really kind of par for the course as it was last year. We're, we're Providence is never going to be a team that, that comfortably wins games, but if they're a team that can win the close games then they can be a really good team. And it seems so far that that, that that's the case through two games, which is giving me some optimism um, and a big win. So it, sorry, I went to overtime. Uh, couldn't be decided in overtime, even though Providence went out to a 10 to one run to start overtime, managed to uh, blow that. And they forced a second overtime 
and from there uh we we were able to seal it it just kind of the momentum was with us the whole time we just kept blowing it and giving it right back to marquette so uh providence came away with a win in double overtime huge win for them over a ranked opponent it might in the next uh, edition of Bracketology, they might be put in there. It's huge to have that win, too, before going on this long break, before uh, after Christmas. We don't play for another eight days, so it's huge to have that win to, to build off of. And, and I was talking last night to a friend that these games are huge because it really kind of dictates the season. Providence could have either been 2-0 and with a win over a ranked opponent, or they could be 1-1 and with a loss to a ranked opponent and, and really not, and look like, it's just a morale. It's a morale thing. To to be able to win that game makes gives them confidence for the really the rest of the season. Same with UConn. They like, it, they've been dominating teams by twenty points throughout the whole year, and to have them to have them be able to win in a different way, to have a comeback win and still win comfortably by eleven, it's just got to be a boost. Even though it was against a lowly opponent opponent like Georgetown, it's just it's good to be in those scenarios and know that you have the ability to come back from something like that. And then the final game of the night was Xavier versus Seton Hall. Uh, closer game than probably some thought. Xavier's supposed to be one of the better teams in the Big East. Seton Hall, not so much. It was a four-point final, I, I'd like to say. Um, so, yeah, that puts three 2-0 teams at the top of the Big East. UConn, Providence, Xavier. If St. John's wins tonight, they'll join them as the uh, as a, the um, undefeated 2-0 teams in conference. And we put Villanova near the bottom at 0-1. But that is... That's the coverage from uh, from the Big East thus far. That's uh, the, That was last night's games and a little bit of a preview of tonight's game with St. John's and Villanova. So I will leave you with those thoughts, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, tomorrow I'll talk about the St. John's-Villanova game, maybe some NHL, probably not, and then uh, I'll, I'll do a preview of the Thursday Night Football game, which is actually a very important one, Jags-Jets. So see you tomorrow.